the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, Hour 2. I hope you had a good weekend. We're here every day, every weekday from 3 to 5 p.m. You can join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's quite a weekend here in the Southland and also around the world. I suppose all of us now, after this weekend, are experts at Russian mercenaries, Russian politics, and also um, uh, ocean submersible vehicles. Have you wondered about that? Have you, <laughs> you know, I saw somebody sent out something on the uh, socials with, there's this woman just typing at a computer, and uh, it was talking about how over the weekend she is now an expert at all of those things. I got to tell you what, though, I have uh, not as much on the, the Russian thing, because I don't know where that's going to go yet. Uh, if you're not paying attention, there was sort of a coup, not really a, a coup on Saturday. They they changed their mind. They got there, and they turned around. Never. <laughs> uh, there's a reason they changed their mind uh in Russia and uh whether that is good or bad we'll figure out that in time but a lot of people and I want to challenge you this way have you spent the weekend how many of you in fact watched Titanic this weekend I'm just curious about that I went into uh one of my co- colleagues uh, offices Dave uh you know uh, big wave Dave David James and I went in there and I made that comment and he laughed cuz he watched Titanic this weekend and <laughs> I didn't watch Titanic but I think what's happened is this submersible, there is just something about it that you can't escape. The story, and of course it's a global story that took over the uh, news all of last week, and then unfortunately it was uh, ended in tragedy um, with the people on board dying. And then, But then it leads you to the whole story of the Titanic. There was a movie called SOS Titanic. You ever see that? It was 1979, and... It's a pretty good movie, and I remember it because when I was a kid, at some point my parents splurged and they got HBO, Home Box Office, that's what it used to be called. I think they even changed the name of that, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't have it. I don't pay for it uh, these days. But back then, you know, it was kind of new to have a cable because for a while I only had three channels. Were you in that same same vein? You woke three or four channels. We had UHF channels that you could find. Whole different world, you know, dials on the TV. We actually had to get up to change the channel. Anyway, then we got cable. That was a whole new world. And then we had uh, extra cable when that became a thing. And one of them was home box office. Anyway, early days of that station, you there was a handful of movies. There might have been like one blockbuster that they would have once in a while, but probably expensive to license. And then a whole lot of movies that people didn't care a lot about. But some of them were really good movies. There was one called SOS Titanic. And... It is a great movie about the Titanic. It is, you know, you know the story and the ship sinks and all of that. And uh, they did a super good job on that movie. Anyway, I remember it because my mother and I used to watch that all the time. 
I'm pretty sure she let me stay home from school one time when I was pretending to be sick, and she knew that I was pretending to be sick, just so we could sit down and watch that movie. Because the the actual there's like there's like a lengthy edition. You got if you can find it somewhere, you want the three hour version. I think there's like an hour and twenty minute version that's terrible. They cut out everything except, but there's a three hour version that is super good. And I'll confess, I spent the weekend trying to watch that movie and trying to find it out there. And I found it for sale on uh, somebody selling their own copy of it on Amazon for 150 bucks. It was not worth that. Don't spend that. And then there's a, a, a download service I'd never heard of that I tried to download, but apparently it's connected to the library system. And you have to have a library card in order to watch the movies, which is a great idea, by the way. And that's the only place that it's available uh, for streaming if you're looking for it, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I spent an awful lot of time trying to digitally get a library card and was unsuccessful at that this weekend. So I went to YouTube and I watched a few clips from it. Old movie, and it is fascinating to me how we can get into the story. I think it's, you know, the Titanic story is one that is powerful because there's a God element in it, right? God can't sink this ship. This is the unsinkable ship. And one of the clips that I saw from that movie, the captain uh, says to the crew, and this is SOS Titanic 1979, he says, hey, uh, we didn't have a chance to to appropriately bless the ship. And he said, so God be with Titanic and her crew. But the part of it there that was interesting is that all of these guys who are the officers of the ship, kind of in the movie, they snicker. And you can tell they did a great job with this where they were saying, that's not even necessary for this ship. We've built a ship that is unsinkable. And uh, so blessing it is not not necessary. Well, we obviously know that's not the case. I think that's part of the mystique of the Titanic, and that's part of what leads us to be so obsessed maybe even with this story of people going down there. But as I bring that up, there was another story that did not get uh, much news that happened last week also, and it was a story of a boat uh, in the uh, Mediterranean that went down uh, carrying migrants. They were mostly leaving Pakistan and other countries. 700 people went down. About 350 so far, they believe, have passed away. And that made some news, but not a lot of news. And I only knew about it, actually, because there was a clip going around of President Obama uh, talking about it. This is what he said. But right now we have uh, 24-hour coverage, and I understand it, of this submarine the submersible uh, that, that tragically is right now lost at the bottom of the sea. Um, at the same time, right here, in at, just off the coast of Greece, we had 700 people dead, 700 migrants who were apparently being smuggled uh, into here. And you know, we've, it's made news, but it's not dominating in the same way. Why do you think that is? I, th I thought about that, and I thought he's not, at the time, they thought that all 700 were dead. So far, what I'm looking at is, you know, maybe 350, but that's a lot, right? When you think about Titanic, 1,500 people died, but here you got 700 who went down, and uh, at least 350 have passed away. So that's a percentage, right? And that, obviously, the, the ship that's 
probably carrying too many people. That probably is one of the reasons it went down. I don't know all the details to it because there isn't a lot of coverage. Why do we care about the smaller story versus the bigger story when there is so much humanity involved? Have you thought about this? What do you think about this? You have a thought about it? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I think, and, and Obama, you know, I he acknowledges that there is a certain mystique to the Titanic and the submersible and the implosion, and there's so many things related to that. I, I think that there is something about us that gets fascinated by maybe the science of it and, once again, the mystique of Titanic and the story that's there. And yet at the same time, we don't have news that covers things that are bigger stories. He continued with this remark. And in some ways, it's indicative of the degree to which people's life chances have have grown so disparate. It's very hard to sustain a democracy when you have such massive concentrations of wealth. And so part of my argument has been that um, unless we attend to that, um, unless we make people feel more economically secure and we're taking more seriously the need to create ladders of opportunity and a stronger safety net that's adapted to these new technologies and, and the displacements that are taking place around the world, if we don't take care of that, that's also going to fuel the kind of you know, mostly far-right populism, but it can also uh, potentially come from the left, uh, that is undermining democracy because it, it makes people angry and resentful and scared. Now, he kind of went a, a, a direction that I wasn't expecting with all of that. But as I thought about it longer, I thought, well, you know, why do we not talk about 350 people going down in a ship in the Mediterranean? Um, but we will talk about five. Is it just wealth? Is it because the five are wealthy and it's an experimental submarine? There's a lot to that story. I think they're just different stories, and I think the media, you know, a sad thing about our media today is it's very advertisement-driven, right? Are more people going to watch the tragedy of migrants in the Mediterranean Sea going down, or are they going to watch nonstop coverage of the Titanic vessel going down? Well, they're going to watch the Titanic vessel. You know, I think I think we know that. I think that's what we see. That's the decision that was made by every news organization. And yet at the same time, um, the five people who died in that, their lives are just as valuable as the 350 people. All of them uh, are going to stand before Jesus with whatever it is that they understand about Jesus at some day, and not, they're not going to be compared. Jesus isn't going to say, well, you guys died in the submersible, you guys died on that ship, and uh, there's no difference at the end of the day. Have you thought about this? I just feel like it is that President Obama is right to point point this out. You know, he might have a different perspective of what the economic challenges mean, because I think that one of the reasons we don't talk about it is that with the Titanic vessel, there's not a lot to talk about as far as, you know, what we can do that would relieve suffering. There's some, right, because some people harshly were critical of people who have that kind of adventure and spend that kind of money, you know, $250,000 to go down and take a look at the Titanic. Um, you know, and there's there's things that people can say about that, but I think that it's I think that the conversation is rather short. It's a longer conversation when we're talking about what's happening. So these migrants, the story is that most of them are leaving Pakistan and some other countries. Pakistan is dealing with 45 percent inflation right now, 45 percent. 
we were dealing last summer with what it got over nine percent, I think. And it was horrible for a lot of people here, 9%. But you probably weren't going anywhere. Of course, there's nowhere else to go. That's one of the the issues in the world today, right, is that there's not migrants leaving the United States, although a lot of us are leaving California. Uh, most, But there's not that many people leaving the United States because it's still the best place to be, even if there's 9% uh, inflation, at least for a while. Inflation's down to a little over 4%. Now in the United States, it's still twice as much as it ought to be. But they're dealing with 45%, and people are spectacularly poor. There is you know, extreme poverty, and the government is – whatever you think of our government and the corruption that we hear about and the supposed correct, corruption that is there, there's actually – much worse corruption around the world. Not to say that ours shouldn't be dealt with. It needs to be, and it's local. There's more we can do about it. But there is corruption around the world, and people are escaping it. And they are trying to escape. Most of these people who left, uh, they're headed to Europe. Europe is dealing with you know an influx of migrants, legal and illegal as well, um, as you know. And it's so badly that they all get on this ship. There's too many people on the ship. And this is not uncommon. This this was happening here in our hemisphere, hemisphere for a while. If you remember, if you were around in the 90s, there were a lot of people getting on boats leaving Jamaica to come to – or not Jamaica, uh, Haiti. They were leaving Haiti to come to the United States, and they'd land somewhere in Florida. And you know, for a while, there was this conversation about you know political left and right. you got to let these people in. You can't let these people in. And you're a bad person if you don't want to let these people in. But then what was happening is all the boats were sinking and everybody was dying. Then everybody agreed, well, we we have to say we're not letting people in. Otherwise, they're going to get on a boat and try to get here and they're not going to make it. Same thing is happening in Europe today. It is a interesting discussion because you have to – I think part of the reason we don't talk about it is because it then will force you to talk about other things, global poverty – governments that are uh, much more authoritarian than what you're going to find in the West. And I think we should be talking about that, by the way. I think that we have lost this. We have lost the confidence in our own system with all the criticism of our own system to realize that even with what we got going on now, we're still the best system, even with whatever you want to say. That's why people are coming here. That's why people aren't fleeing here. They're fleeing California, but they're not fleeing the United States for the most part. And there's nowhere to go unless one day you can get on one of Elon Musk's rockets and go to Mars. All of this comes down to also a conversation about human rights that we don't have the way we need to in our country amongst each other. We're not having it with China. We're not having it with the Middle East. We're not having it with the Far East, like Pakistan and these countries. Um, And I think that's another reason why it doesn't make the news as much, because whenever you get, you know, the the horror of something that's going on in life, you got to deal with the underside of it. You got to get down underneath it, right? And that can be very uncomfortable. There's political reasons why it's not comfortable, because it's not as politically correct today to say that uh, the people you know, we should be demanding honestly of the government of Pakistan you got to treat your people better uh, there's a lot of politics and other things, but we used to do that. We used to stand up for freedom of religion, which is not held there, and freedom of speech, even in other countries you don 't have our constitution, but our part of our country and what we believe about freedom, the ideal and you know is that 
the there are certain rights that are given to us by our creator that they don't come from government. That's that's the ideal of our country. You know, as we approach the 4th of July and that next week, the idea of freedom that we have is something that we used to be better at explaining to the world. Now we spend too much time criticizing how we're doing it wrong ourselves, wherever it is that we fall short. And that's not all inappropriate. We have to be self-critical. But to take away the idea that actually what we endeavor to have as a country, to take away the idea that we're here to form a more perfect union, that we're not perfect, but we have the best plans, the best system in human history, which is undeniable, by the way, to give freedom with whatever problems that we have had that are very real, that we have the best system to control these things. In fact, the bigger problems we have tend to be problems that we cause ourselves. You know, Americans today, we we don't think that uh, the country is headed in the right direction. And we thought that really for a long time. By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Why do we not want to get deep as a country in issues of freedom and things around the world? 888-528-2557. Uh, NBC was reporting this uh, poll this weekend. Just 20% of voters believe this country is headed in the right direction. 74% say the nation is on the wrong track. Let me tell you something about this moment. We have had this sustained period of 70% about a year now. Uh, The last two periods in the history of this poll that we've had this kind of sustained negativity about the direction of the country was before the 92 election and before the 2008 election. Both of those changed the party controlling the White House. So Chuck Todd there on NBC's uh, Meet the Press, uh, he takes it into the political race and the the presidential election. And certainly that is going to affect what's going to happen in our own country. But the interesting thing about the right track, wrong track number there, the 74% say we're on the wrong track, 20%, only 20%, one out of five think we're on the best. Actually, through most of the last 50 years when they've been keeping track of that, did you know that only for a brief time, a brief sustained time during the 1980s, did we did that number even get up to 50%? That there has always been at least 50% of people who think that our country is going down the wrong path and 74% today who think we're going down the wrong path. I don't think that's just economic. You know, I think that people are worried about the economy here and we have concerns about that, but I think it's much bigger than that. I think that the reason, and you can call and tell me if I'm right or wrong. What do you think? I think the reason is, is we see something that is much greater I think that we see something going on with our country, and we've seen it for a long time, so not even to relate it to current political battles, but for decades, that there is something about how we envision ourselves as a country that we see is not going the right way. Because even during better economic times, and you can argue one way or the other about this, you know, right now, you know, unemployment certainly is low. Uh, Inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. And that's probably where people are hurting the most, your gas prices and your food prices and everything. But what is it? I think that it's tied in to why um, we don't have the voice on global issues that we used to. 888-528-2557. Craig and Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how you doing? I, I think it all comes down to truth. Uh, you look at President Obama or Adam Schiff, they're always trying to push a political slant to their idea of truth or truthiness. 
And uh, I, I think the big thing is there, whether it's the media, two, four, seven, eleven, whatever it is, everybody's trying to push their angle on truth. They're not really willing to actually address truth. Now, Do you think that's been going on for a long time, though? Because for 50 years, that poll has, except for a brief time in the 80s, most people have thought we're on the wrong path. And I think, you know, there's been politics and people spinning things. You know, what would you say is the deeper thing, you know, even outside of characters that are in the news today? Well, I think it goes back to the movie Network. I mean, you have the head uh, person on Network screaming, I I can't take anymore because he couldn't take the media trying to pitch the truth to have a commercial agenda to it. So do you feel like it's media-driven? I think the biggest thing is, even in the news now, you see them doing ads for products. I mean, in in the past, in the 60s, the idea of the news people doing an ad for a product just would have been anathema. Uh, they would have screamed there and pulled their hair out. But, you know, now that everything is simply a pitch or an angle, the news is willing to pitch commercial things uh, on the, what's supposedly the news. You know, there's something to that for sure. You know, I know that the news, and that's part of the story, right, with the submersible versus what's going on uh, with all these people dying in the Mediterranean. A lot of it's it's clicks. It's what people are going to watch. That's sales, uh, not necessarily news. I think I think people would be love to listen to the news. It's just that there's only so much room in the in the in the volume for people to talk about. There's only so much time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we're down to clicks or whatever. But even that goes over into school. I mean, we have a whole agenda being pushed in school, and they're losing stuff big time that they're supposed to be teaching. The you know English reading right that's that's going by the wayside because they have a political agenda they want to push. We're not focused on the right things. I got to take a break, Craig. Thank you for your call. You know I think that that has more to do with I think with the wrong side right side polls that are out there you know wrong right and wrong track polls. The reason they're always bad is actually that that we're moving away from the values that we know is right that we have moved away from the direction that we think our country should go. What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. I got to take a break. We'll get to your calls when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. That is from a video that's been going around the internet today. It's a New York pizza shop owner who's protesting that... Give us pizza that, or give us death. He's protesting that wood wood ovens are being banned and restricted in New York. Wood and gas stoves and things like that. They keep telling us that that's not happening. But as a, if you have a you know, wood-fire pizza company, that's your small business, and they're telling you you can no longer have wood ovens, well, I guess you're out of business. So what he's doing is he brought a whole bunch of pizza down to the uh, mayor's mansion, and he is tossing the slices of pizza over the fence at the mayor's house. And he's hollering, give us pizza or give, give us, us death. Pizza or give us death. And he's got one pizza after another that he keeps doing this. I I notice that they're all uh, that they're all cheese pizza. 
That's what this city keeps doing. Can't have a small business. Can't have pizza. New York City is nothing without pizza. New York City is nothing without pizza. So he's having the New York... Uh, as he's taking off the Boston Tea Party, this is the New York Pizza Party. So he's throwing pizza at the mayor's mansion, tossing it over the fence, and uh, there's no toppings on it, so he didn't shell out the you know the eight bucks for the pepperoni. But he uh, is just one, it's one piece after another, and you know I thought about that and I thought uh, you know you can't have you know New York without pizza. What would L.A. be? Like, what, what is it that L.A. can't be L.A.? If we're going to have a uh, L.A. pizza party or a San Diego pizza party, if you're in San Diego or whatever city you're in, and you're going to have some kind of protest. In Boston, it's tea, and in New York, it's pizza. What would we, what would we throw over? When we're, if we're going to, to uh, protest whatever's going on in our country, what is it that in L.A.? What, what, you can't have L.A. without what food? You can't have San Diego without what food, wherever, whatever city you're in. What food is it that matters? 888-528-2557. The deeper conversation we're having is right track and wrong track. Another poll says 74% of Americans think we're headed down the wrong track. And uh, why is that? I think it's more than economics. I think that's part of it. I think, I think though, it is what's behind that. 888-528-2557. Rudy and Brea, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Rudy. And uh, yeah, I would, if I were going to say if to to get LA and San Diego in an uproar, they probably have to ban masa, you know, for the corn tortillas because you know tacos are pretty much definitive. It's like they go hand in hand with Los Angeles and San Diego. So yeah, I that, think that would be our food. That might be what it is. We start tossing some yeah. tortillas over the <laughs> fence at the uh, mayor's house or something. Yeah, exactly. uh, one day that might be that might but, be. But to answer your other question, um, I think it's an interesting uh, question you posed because I think general is, this isn't the first time that people have said that this generation is going down the tube, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, also the current media situation has people fearful of uh, the youth. I, th- I don't think the youth are scary to me, at least. Uh, you think that I mean, this generation is afraid of the youth? No, I think uh, the older generation is afraid of the youth. Yeah, what, 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 what do you what mean? Represent. I think that just like in how the older folks, uh, when Elvis came out, because he was shaking his head and they said, oh, my gosh, you know, this rock and roll and these teenagers and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, my gosh, are the this country's cultural, you know, mor- you know, our morality is going down the tube. I, I think it's just alarmist. You know, I, I'm not quick to say oh, this generation is going down the tube, because I can say good things and bad things about each generation that I know. You know, my father's generation, he's a, from the Vietnam era. He, his his ability to, you know, apologize, you know, for saying that, I think that has something to do with uh, the emotional intelligence that was taught to that type of, uh, to that generation of men was that, you know what, suck it up and, uh, um, deal with it. They don't. They don't really open. It. But you know, we're we're getting into the details. But what I'm saying is, my point is, is that you know, there's pros and cons to every generation. And if you're going to look at you know, the behavior of this generation as a representation of this this day's this country's current morality or these this country's current values, I mean, what would what could you say about the the other extremely dark periods of American history? You know, slavery and uh, 
uh, widespread corruption in the cities, you know, in the 1800s, where these political machines, you know, totally ran the city with, you know, without, you, you know. Do you think so that the the level of morality, and obviously there there are different ways that people can be immoral, and we've definitely seen that. We're calling it immoral to say that there is something that's moral and something that's not, right? We're going to, you know, I think people should agree that slavery is immoral and that it was good to get rid of it, right? Um, do you think that some generations maybe today, are today, but not back then? Well, that is, you're right. That's not what they said back then, but they were wrong, right? We so we've gotten better on that, but there's other things that uh, maybe we've gotten worse on. I mean, do you think that the generations are wrong? Like, would, if if the older you said that the older generation is afraid of the younger generation um, because they think they're ruining it. And, and uh, you know, you said like of the older generation that uh, they're going to ruin it with the rock and roll and stuff uh, with the Elvis. Are they right? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think like if like, I guess I come from a culture where like, you know, dancing or moving your hips isn't a, isn't a sin. And there's some parts of this country where if you do that, you know, there's some Christian universities out there where the moral code is like you can't. There's no dances. There's nothing. Yeah. No, there's nothing like that just because they're so conservative. Yeah, but people are gonna let me let me ask you this. The one of the other stories this weekend um, was the uh, pride parades and in Seattle, people completely naked, gyrating with genitals and everything in front of children. Another video from Philadelphia. The same thing. Is that New or have we gotten worse? I mean, that's I different than that's, that's different than whether or not new. dancing or not is going to lead to something bad. I don't. Right? I don't think that's new. Just, I mean, look at the look at all the gatherings of um, different. You know, there's there's extreme, I guess, elements in every generation. If you go back to the '60s, that, people, I mean, that was that was definitely going on for sure. That went on, but people. people but let me. I don't think people brought their kids to it. Like you wouldn't bring your kids well, to, mean, a, you know, to a strip show, probably, but maybe you would uh, today, no. right? But they would. They they also wouldn't. You know, no, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. Yeah, but that's that's also there's there's. I wouldn't bring my kid to a church either because I think they're brainwashing them. But, but it's completely different, I mean, you know, in a, in a different way. But you would say you don't. You know, seventy four percent of the people, according to that poll, say the country's going in the wrong direction. Is that's that right. just economics, that, or is that looking at what we're doing uh, morally and saying we're not on the right path? I think that's part economics because, as you've seen since the post, for since the World War, the Second World War, you know we had a really nice economy for so long, and now the middle class is leaving. Now, I mean, not leaving, but it's like the 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 gap between the upper class and the lower class is widening, and the middle class is disappearing. So there is, it is part economic, but it's also part cultural. I think there's a uh, this is a generation where the America that was majority white is going to eventually be the minority white, and I think. But do you think um, that that's the a, reason? Like in a, in a, you think people are afraid of that? You think that's the reason? I think there's immense fear. I think there's immense fear that the the soul of America is changing because of the uh, ethnic makeup and the religious makeup. Because it's not just ethnic; they're bringing the religions too. Because, you know, Islam, I mean, Islam, I think lots of people are still very scared of Islam. Well, for sure, there's people who have 
you know, there's some branches of Islam you should be afraid of, but some, you know, we're also and seeing Islam, uh, we're seeing Muslims protest the schools alongside Christians and alongside uh, atheists. You know, they all seem to agree yeah. that what's happening in schools I, doesn't seem to be the direction they want to go. I agree with that, but I also thought that long before the whole transgender issue. You know, when, when I they, and the polls have agreed with you for 50 years. I got to go on to the next call. Rudy, I appreciate yeah. uh, you calling uh-huh. the Pastor Scott show. What's behind the the feeling that we're headed in the wrong direction? See, I think I think Rudy makes a point that we've gone up and down, right? That there have been other eras and other issues in our country that have been certainly the wrong direction. And people might have answered it differently, right? People, I guess if you were a slaveholder in 1850, you would have, and the abolitionists are gaining steam, you probably would have thought we're headed in the wrong direction, right? If they did those polls. But clearly it was right to remove slavery. Uh, right now, people have some different opinions. I think people are are afraid. I don't. I'm sure you're going to find people who have those other things. But uh, what do you think? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Daniel in Calabasas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how you doing? Hi, good, Daniel. Yeah, just uh, it was just about the comment that you said about what would LA be. Uh, without this certain type of food. Right. I was thinking about hamburgers, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and if you just tune in, there's a guy in New York who was tossing pizza over the uh, fence at the governor's mansion because he's protesting that they're trying to uh, ban and regulate uh, gas and wood wood stoves. And you can't have uh, you can't have his wood fire pizza. They're going to put him out of business. So he was tossing it over the uh, the fence. And you can't have you can't be a New Yorker without pizza. What is it that you can't be in L.A. for hamburger? You would say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's like the In and Out hamburgers. I've met a lot of people inside the In and Out chains that are from New York that specifically come to California for In and Out. Man, you know what? There are people who who. <laughs> There are travel groups that talk about where the in and out is when you come to California. Uh, that is definitely true. Daniel, thanks for your call. 888-528-2557. I got to take a break. What is it that is the food that would uh, change it for you? Uh, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. New York City is nothing without pizza. New York City is nothing without pizza, says a protester who's a pizza shop owner who is protesting in New York the restrictions on his wooden stove. You know, they keep saying we're not coming after your stoves, but they keep coming after the stoves. Apparently, uh, that is a thing. So he was tossing slices of New York pizza. You know, they're they're thinner and floppier, right, uh, over the, the fence at the governor's mansion or the mayor's mansion in New York City and uh, saying, give me pizza or give me death. It's, it's humorous, but he's making a point that uh, we seem to be losing some freedom for for reasons that aren't explained very well. There are far more serious things. One of the, the the non-serious question I'm asking is, what is the food that we would protest here in our town if if we just decided, you know what, we're going to protest like the Boston Tea Party instead of throwing tea in the ocean? What would we throw? What are we going to throw? New York, it's pizza, so pizza's off the table here, and tea is off the table. Uh, we've had hamburgers and also Jared Wright's bacon wrapped hot dogs. 
Uh, and um, hamburgers, one caller said. Uh, I think, you know, hamburgers, that's pretty good. We got in and out going, and we also have these uh, these burger joints that are like the gourmet burger joints. Have you done that with the burger? Be a burrito? I see. I think that somebody said tortillas. I think burritos over the wall, it's a lot easier to get some distance on the throw also. You know, the tortillas, though, if they're sturdy enough, you got a Frisbee going. They might go a little farther. I'm saying, uh, I would say, uh, Wil- Wilbert, I would agree, burritos. Burritos or uh, bacon-wrapped hot dogs, like Jared said? Yeah, bacon-wrapped hot dogs. I don't know if I'd say that's the food, but uh, anything bacon-wrapped is certainly uh, worthy of our town. You know, if there was a difference between L.A. and San Diego, uh, what would the food be? Because both could throw the burritos. See, it's it, it brings us together, the burrito. It, it unites everyone here. It does. And that's what a burrito is. It's uh, multiple different kinds of meat, like especially a good surf and turf burrito. You have a really good surf and turf burrito. That's uh, that's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, now I'm hungry for surf and Taco turf. Taco vendors are our uh, hot dog stands. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably right. 888-528-2557. You know, on the deeper level, we're talking about the direction of our country. Another poll comes out saying we're going in the wrong way. The polls have said we're going in the wrong way, wrong track, right track, wrong track, most of the time for many years. It's really bad right now. 74% say wrong track. I think it's a little more than economic. I think it's deeper than that. In the greater part of our conversation when we began we were talking about the difference in coverage even between the submersible that was uh, that imploded last week tragically and five people died over the titanic but uh, at the same time there was a ship in the mediterranean carrying refugees from uh, pakistan and some other places that went down with 700 people on it about 350 or more are dead that got almost no coverage and i think part of it is because there's a whole lot of difference. We talked earlier about why the Titanic thing and the mystique and the implosion, there's science and there's other things, that, and it drives more attention. I feel like we don't know what to do about the migrant problem that's happening all around the world, right? Not just at our border here, but around the world. But I think that we need to be talking about this problem. We used to talk about freedom and what it meant. We didn't. We haven't always got it right in our country, but we used to talk about how great that is and why it is that governments need to give people freedom. And that's a lot of the reason that people are trying to escape these countries is they don't have freedom. There is no economic freedom. Uh, Our caller, Rudy, one of the things he mentioned is that the disparity between the richest of the rich and the poor of the poor is growing. Uh, And that's true in our country, that the, the top, top percent has pulled far away from the lower percentages. It didn't used to be that way. I think that causes some of the problem. I don't think the middle class is going away necessarily, but it is harder in our country. And, you know, countries that have done well, Costa Rica would be an example, that have moved themselves out of some of the extreme poverty or at least moved in the right direction. Part of the reason for that is that they invested in the middle class, that they invested in infrastructure, that instead of bad-mouthing their country all the time, they said, hey, we can be Costa Ricans and we can do a good job. Other countries have been doing that. I think that's a, that's a part of it with us also in the United States, that we have become so critical of the things that are wrong here that we no longer even teach what is good. And at the same time, you know, there's still a reason that migrants are coming here from around the world. A lot of those people in the that story of that ship going down, we're headed to Europe ultimately, but some of them are, are headed here. 
and there is a significant network of people who will smuggle you or just transport you into Brazil in particular, and then you make your way up to the United States and hope to come across uh, for various reasons. That's why at our border you find people from all around the world, not just people from Mexico or Central or South America, but people from every continent. Well, maybe not Antarctica. Oh, the other ones, they're all coming. They're coming here for a reason, that there's still hope, but there is a sense that we've lost that hope. Um, and I do think some of it is moral. And it's moral in a couple of ways. Certainly it's moral in the sense of uh, sexual morality and the direction we've gone. This is a clip from a pride parade in New York City. I don't know if you can hear it. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That was, uh, you know, that's, that's why parents are so upset is that there is an open sense of coming after kids, which is the next generation. I think that's, it's new in part for some of those movements, but there's always a movement to get kids into the next thing. You know, as believers, you know, a verse that just comes to mind as I think about it, Galatians 5, 19 and 21. The book of Galatians is all about freedom, right? It is about the real freedom that we have in Christ, if you want to understand a lot of the depth of freedom, there's a lot in the scripture about freedom. Um, but the freedom that we have is getting away from the works of the flesh. But I want you to listen to this this list here in Galatians 5. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do not do such things, or those who do such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when you hear that, did you hear the ones in the middle? You know, we spend a lot of time, and rightfully so, talking about sexual immorality and impurity and sensuality, those things that are attacking the kids, you know, or coming for your kids, that has to be stood up to. You have to end that. I don't care if you're Christian or some other religion or not a religion. You know, you, you should be alarmed at that. And then you have the drunkenness and orgies, and we talk about those things a lot more in the church. But here's the things that are in the middle, okay? Same list. Uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy. I think that one of the reasons that we feel like things aren't going in the right direction is because in our country, we know it, we have an awful lot of strife and jealousy and fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. You know, those things are in the same list of things that are immoral, uh, of things that are not of the kingdom of God. And we all struggle with something in that list, probably, when we think of the flesh, uh, the works of the flesh. We want to move beyond that. I think in order for our country to go in a better direction, or your church, or your community, your workplace, all of those things should be considered, and we need to pray. We need to pray that we repent. The things are the works of the flesh. Because when we do that, I think one of the reasons that we are not uh, projecting the values of freedom, the values around our the world today, um, that are the things that have drawn people to the United States with our imperfections, you know, notwithstanding, is the fact that we believe that all people are created equal, that they have been endowed by their creator, certain inalienable rights, the things that we'll celebrate next week. 
And I think the more that we reject that notion or the the more that we feel hopeless toward that notion, the less we're able to even address those injustices that are around the world, whether it be in Pakistan where all those people died getting on the boat or in China where you've got a concentration camp where Muslims are being killed and uh, we don't address that very well with our foreign policy. We used to do better. And I do think it's because we are morally turned against ourselves. We don't have to be that way in the church. And for wherever you're at, wherever you are in your relational world, those are the things to repent of and to focus on the things that are of the Lord. And, you know, if we all do that in our own in our own relational world, if we're not so focused on the world um, and all the things that other people are doing wrong, we're going to do better at addressing the issues of freedom that are in each other's lives when we are ourselves repentant. When we ourselves reject the idols of uh, whatever it is that take our attention off of Jesus Christ. Can I, if you feel hopeless when you see those things and you hear the things that are in the news, if you're hopeless about them, don't be. Jesus died for those things. Jesus died uh, so that people can actually repent and do better, that you can actually get on the right track, that it can happen to an entire nation, but it can also be, it begins with you. It begins with you and me. That when we repent of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them. And then, as we've heard on our program today, therefore in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Uh, The new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. God can make a change in your life. God can make a change in the lives of your loved ones. It begins with us. And Paul tells us in Galatians, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And you can do that through Christ. All right, we're done for today. You can get our podcast. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Go to kkla.com and look for the podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless everybody. Have a great night. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.